0: Hi, I'm Pete McCall, and welcome to episode 67 of All About Fitness. Episode 67 is going to be a quick fit tip. However, I did this one a little bit differently. Usually, on a quick fit tip, I'm coming at you just solo, just giving you a few thoughts off the top of my head, kind of going over some content, go over some topic that might be the source of a future interview. Today, I did something a little bit different. I sat down with one of my good friends and colleagues, and personal trainer and fitness educator by the name of Sam Barry, because I want to talk to him a little bit about using the functional movement screen. And this comes up because the functional movement screen has been around, functional movement screen was first uh, the FMS, what we call it. Uh, the FMS was developed by Gray Cook a number of years ago to monitor stability, mobility relationships in the body. It's seven specific movements that can see how the body is moving, how your, how your body interprets movement. You know, a lot of times if we don't identify any muscle imbalances and we perform a repetitive movement or we go out and play a sport, uh, muscle imbalance can be a form of injury, can cause a strain in the hamstring, for example, or in the upper extremity, like through the shoulder. So a number of years ago, Gray Cook, who's a physical therapist, developed a way to screen movement to be able to observe, you know, movement efficiency, as it were. So anyway, I wanted to uh, have Sam on to talk a little bit about the FMS and how to use it and why he uses it with his personal training clients. Now, just a side note on the FMS is over the past maybe seven years or so, seven or eight years, it has become adopted. The NFL has made it a component of the combine, for example. Special forces, um, certain special operating units within the U.S. military now have the FMS as a requirement for um, trying out to be in the special forces because they know if people have a muscle imbalance, they know if there's a movement inefficiency that the individual will get injured during training. Fire departments are using the FMS to to screen for injury. So there are a whole number of people out there, a whole number of professions based on movement that use a functional movement screen to assess whether or not individuals working in that profession or participating in that profession are skilled at movement to maximize performance potential. And here's the thing: if you don't screen for movement and you start working out, exercise itself could be a form of injury. So I wanted to get the, get the, the point at top. I wanted to get the topic from a personal trainer's perspective. And Sam is a good friend of mine, as I mentioned. Um, he's one of the people I have a tremendous amount of respect for in our business. Obviously, if they're, if I'm interviewing them, if I'm taking the time to interview them for this podcast, it means that that they've had a significant contribution, or there's somebody who I think uh, I hold in high regard. And, and think their information is relevant to share. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't have somebody on here who, who doesn't fit the, those bills. But, you know, Sam has a tremendous amount of experience in applying the FMS. He's also one of the instructors, and he travels around and teaches it for um, functional movement systems. The company started by Gray Cook to to teach the FMS. On today's quick fit tip, what I wanted to do was have a little discussion with Sam about the FMS, what it is and how he uses it in his training programs with his clients and why you should be paying attention to how you move in your workouts. I'm Pete McCall with All About Fitness. I'm here today speaking with personal trainer, Sam Berry. Sam, can you give us a little background about what it is that you do Kind of your your background in the fitness industry?
1: I'm an educator uh, for American Council on Exercise. Uh, I also work with Functional Movement Systems, Master Trainer for both groups. I train a lot of clients from uh, youth athletes to uh, uh, aging, active aging uh, individuals uh, and and the likes in between. Uh, Do a little online stuff and everything in between, and uh, it's a lot of fun.
0: Well, and that's, you know, it's for listeners, I've known Sam a number of years, and I consider him a good friend, and I have a ton of respect for him um, as a fitness professional. And what I want to ask you about, Sam, is the use of the functional movement screen, the FMS that you just referred to. Can, can, what, is, what is the FMS, and, and why do you use it?
1: So the functional movement screen is a systematic approach taking a look at how well people can move, basically their movement competency. If you go to any uh, physician and you get your annual checkup, they take a look at your eyes, your ears, your breathing, your blood pressure, but they never take a look at how well you move. And that is oftentimes uh, one of the major reasons why we have the uh, epidemic of obesity and chronic injury because movement competency is lost. Uh, and, and they, uh, forget about it.
0: And so what is when you're doing the FMS, if you're looking at movement, what exactly, is, what exactly is it testing? Like, how do you, how do you do it?
1: It's very simple. There are seven different movements. We take a look at how well people squat, how well they can balance and move on one leg, how well they can lunge or not lunge, what kind of shoulder mobility they have, uh, what kind of uh, core strength or stability they have, and uh, see if there's any pain with any of the movements. If there's pain, we don't want to go uh, down that uh, rabbit hole and, and set people up for further pain. It's, a, it's an opportunity for personal trainers and fitness professionals to, uh, above all else, do no harm. And and have them stay within their scope of practice and refer out to physical therapists and sports medicine doctors and kind of be on the front lines to make sure people are uh, able to continue to, to move and be safe. And it doesn't mean that we don't stop working out or helping people get fit. You just work around those areas that are dysfunctional or painful, uh, and you know keep people going and keep them motivated.
0: And so when you do the movement screen, you're you're collecting information. What, how do you, what kind of information are you collecting is specifically in terms of their movement capability and then how do you use that? You know, how do you use that in putting a program, a workout program together for one of your clients?
1: It's not too dissimilar to going in a a red light, yellow light, green light. If a person has full range of motion, the ability to move up and down with no pain and, and it's pretty smooth, green light go, they're good to do that particular movement. There might be a little, uh, Kind of hitching their giddy up, or they might lose their balance or not be able to go a full range of motion, but it's not painful. It's kind of a yellow light, so we work on maybe focus stretching or or different kinds of uh, uh, foam rolling or, or trigger point stuff. Uh, and if there's pain, uh, we we put a red light on there and we we just avoid those movements until that is non-painful and have them working and, and complementing uh, your work as a, a trainer with. A healthcare professional like a physical therapist, a chiropractor, or a sports medicine professional,
0: and then so you do the FMS. We were talking about this a little bit, a little bit earlier. You do the FMS with all your clients, and how do they? What's their reaction to? it? I mean, how do they respond when you first have them do those movements? I don't put it on a pedestal.
1: I just tell them I need to see how well you're moving so I can set you up for success, and and that's what it is. We. We go through it, it takes no more than 10 minutes, uh, and it, it kind of provokes some thought on for them and, and make them realize, wow, I didn't realize that was as tight as it is, or oh, I, I thought, I, that makes sense, why it's so hard for me to balance on this foot to put my uh, pants on in the morning, or now I know why it hurts when I roll out of bed this way. It, it just, it, it provides a, a great kind of aha moment for people in their activities of daily living.
0: And so what type of populations, I think this is really interesting with the FMS, like who, what type of populations use the FMS right now? I mean, besides the general population, like your clients, I'm thinking specifically like athletes, you know, workers, like the type of people that use it and what information is it providing?
1: So it's now being used in most professional sports uh, at uh, high level tactical operations, like Army, uh, Rangers, uh, Navy SEALs, and, and the likes, uh, they're using it in a lot of uh, uh, fire departments. Uh, I know Orange County Fire Department uses it uh, as a standard operating procedure uh, for making sure that when they're having somebody that looks fit and strong come in, and if they can't move, they're probably not going to be able to sustain the the rigorous uh, demands of their their uh, uh, boot camp of sorts, their 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 training, but uh, it it's it's growing out, and you're seeing a lot of fitness centers now using that as their standard operating procedure. Places like Equinox, uh, now the Bay Club in in uh, California is using it. Uh, they're they're uh, popping up more and more often, and it's going to be in in my eyes the the future of. Uh, the standard of of movement competency for, I hope, all uh, fitness and, and wellness kind of centers, both for personal trainers working with clients, but also for physical therapists to clear people to be ready to go back to their sport or
0: activity. Well, isn't this because I think I think what happens, Sam, and I might be wrong, but I think what happens is people don't realize how complex exercise is right? I think a lot of people, they just think, Hey, I'm working out. I'm I'm sitting in the machine. I'm pushing, pull, I'm whatever I'm doing, whatever they don't respect. And I I don't know if that's too harsh, but I don't, I don't think a lot of people respect the amount of work that goes into actually being able to do a good workout or the amount, what needs to go into, to, to doing a good workout. Like what would you agree? Or or what, what's your take on that?
1: There's so many things that people have on their mind that it, it's hard for them to you know take that moment and say this is what I'm doing and and, and appreciating that movement and and being in that moment uh, and, and being present with their what their body's doing or not doing or uh, what they're feeling or not feeling there's a lot of movement amnesia that happens through through their life from from stress from injury from trauma both physical and emotional to uh, gut health to uh, sleep deprivation. The, the last thing there, people that are getting into fitness and, and trying to get active again, want to worry about or quote unquote worry about is um, how quality my movement is. It's it's more of a quantitative or a quantity thing than than the quality thing.
0: And, and that's where I think a lot of people don't realize that it, you know at it its base, exercise is a functional movement. Every exercise you're moving, and if you don't move well. You know, if you don't move well, let me let me have you. We don't finish that thought. If you don't move well, what happens?
1: You're going to. It's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when you break down. Simple as that. Try driving your car with uh, 10 psi in your right front tire and uh, 40 psi in the left front tire when you're when you're driving real slow and going on back roads. It's not going to be a big deal, but once you start moving, going on the highway that tire is gonna go. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And if it's not the tire, it's gonna be the brakes. If it's not the brakes, it's gonna be the axle, the front end, everything else is gonna break down. So when people get into exercise and they have these movement amnesias and not really aware of their restrictions and limitations on their movement IQ, they're going to uh, get into it and think that they can go 100 miles an hour in a group X class or a spinning class or whatever boutique fitness place Uh, and, and not realize that their, uh, movement amnesia or, or inability to move with quality and move well is going to set them up for a breakdown if they start moving often really fast.
0: And see, I think what, what, what I think a lot of people just don't think about is that when we're born, we learn how to move in the first number of years, like the first five to seven years of our life. All we do is move at the playground, you know, at the wherever, but we learn how to crawl. We learn how to roll over. We learn how to, you know, walk and move. But then what happens, you know, do we what happens when we get to adulthood and what is this kind of movement amnesia you're referring to?
1: Nobody coached us on how to move, how to, how to crawl, how to squat, anything. We started on the ground and we had gravity that taught us. We get to uh, fast forward to puberty and we're we're told that it's uh, not uh, acceptable to let our, our bellies hang out. We we start to forget how to breathe properly. You, you try to ask somebody now that's had uh, you know uh, the inability to breathe in their belly to to breathe in their belly. They have no idea what you're talking about. But you look at any toddler or anything like that. They can they, they just breathe really normally through their diaphragm. And and so that's the the kind of foundation. That's the start of it. And then they. Uh, are, are trying to learn how to walk and, and they have these growth spurts as we have these growth spurts we have uh, we lose uh certain abilities to 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 uh, squat or or lunge or or bend and touch our toes and 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 we, it's almost like trying to walk around and and in clothes that are three times too big for you and and trying to figure out that this is the right way to move or 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 it's it is the way I move and that's okay to move that way but it's not so i guess i don't know what what else to say about that but you got to kind of reprogram and it's like putting in new a new operating system you, you you know when you when you get a new phone you don't go and use the old operating system you have to reboot it and 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 start uh you know turn off the computer reboot it and then and then let that new operating system kind of work its way out and figure out all the kinks and that's getting into getting good movement IQ and, and uh, movement competency. And then you can open up as many files as you want and go and, and, and blaze through as many uh, pages of of uh, you know Netflix or YouTube and everything if if you have a good operating system, all those things aren't going to bog down your computer and slow you down or crash your computer.
0: And that's and so you work with clients of all ages. I mean you kind of referred that to you. Have you seen your older clients specifically like fifties, sixties, seventies, when you've screened them, have you seen their movement improve? And how's that changed their life?
1: Uh, I can't tell you how awesome it is to see when people have had chronic injury their whole adult life, they don't know anything other than that. And they've gone to different other professionals that were Claiming they could help them out, and they weren't able to claim uh, help them out. Uh, use some, you know, some things that work for some people, and and some things that are just won't work for anybody else. And just they they were guessing. They weren't using a systematic approach to uh, breaking down what the the real issue is. You get somebody to realize that we can just put you on the ground and do a couple of very basic exercises or movements, and have them do it often and create a habit out of it just like any other habit that we're trying to either create or break you you have to uh do it enough to uh reinforce that and once they can touch your toes for the first time or they can lift their arm overhead and and they don't have pain uh it's it's such a liberating experience for them and it's uh it's why i keep doing what i'm doing
0: And and I think that's an important thing for people to realize is that exercise isn't just a function of trying to look good, you know. We were just we were just talking about that. In in your point of view, why why should we work out? Because what were you saying about about exercise, right? I mean, you know, why why should we work out? I think I think a lot of people, you know, lose sight of the of the for you know they lose sight of the trees because they're folk. You know, what's that phrase? Lose the forest because of the trees. I I just killed it. So I don't know where I'm (laughs) going. What I was trying to say, but I think a lot of people don't consider good movement as a part of why they should, you know, why I should be doing that. But why is that such an important thing? I,
1: we were just talking a second ago. I, let's be clear. I, I'm a fitness professional, but that doesn't mean I like to exercise, uh, working out. It's hard. It's not comfortable. It's, it's something that I don't like to spend all day doing. Uh, it's whatever my minimal effective dose is to, uh, allow me to have fun doing the things I love to do. And that's, uh, going, uh, hiking. It's going, uh, stand up paddle boarding in the river that I, I, I grew up on or going out to surf or, or whatever the other fun stuff I want to do, being able to run to the train. Cause I'm running late or be able to pick up my bag and, and get over something. That's an obstacle that most people can't. That's, that's the autonomy of life and being able to do what I want to do. Uh,
0: the, 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 well, I think, of- well, well, the kind of to, to add to that, and I think is what, what I keep trying to make the point of, you know, with these podcasts is that freedom or that fitness is a freedom. Fitness opens up like possibilities in your life. Yeah. I think in, because you and I have the same thought process, um, don't work out. Yeah. I don't work out. I drive a minivan. I don't worry. And I say this quite a bit here. I don't, I have two kids. I'm, you know, I, as a friend of mine once said, I gave up my gun and badge, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to get six pack abs. I don't really, yeah, yeah I care a little bit. You know, we all care about appearance, but I want to be strong because I want to be able to do if I want to be able to pick up and play half a match of rugby. If I'm visiting a buddy in a town, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to, to ride my bike. Do you think, I mean, do you try to get people to think that way when you train with them? Do you try to kind of shift their focus and are they able to do that?
1: I always ask people why they are really coming in. What were things that you loved to do that you haven't done or would like to get back to doing? Um, There's a really great book, The Rise of Superman, uh, that I recently read, and it's all about the state of flow. And... At some point in our lives, everybody's had that point where time stands still and you you feel like uh, nothing else is around you. You've got this quiet space that we all kind of strive to get. We don't know how to get there, but when we get there, it's this amazing spot that is so euphoric that uh, we, we're always trying to chase it. If if people can get back to that, and that's why you have to ask them about what's what's really something you had a lot of passion. Whether it was a guy that I I uh, used to surf a bunch in his uh, in his twenties, and he's now a, a dad of two kids, and his back's all messed up, and his shoulder he can't bring his arm overhead, and and he just wants to be able to go out and paddle again. That's that's something I want to be able to do. Or uh, a client of mine that uh, wants to play tennis, but. She's, she just can't stand up vertically because she has chronic low back pain, getting her to be able to bounce on one foot again and making huge strides in their ability to get to these milestones to ultimately get back to what they love to do. That's all it's about.
0: And I love the fact you mentioned flow state and you know you're, you're one of the, you're, you're one of like two or three guests I've had because I interviewed uh, John Wolf from It who, who actually told me about that book and, and I read it and it's been had a huge impact And I think from what I've read about flow states, and this is what you do, I think this is what you're talking about, is we want to focus on the process, not the outcome. We want to focus on challenging ourselves. And and that's a part of intrinsic motivation. Mm -hmm. So I think if you exercise, you should exercise, you know, like I loved, I I actually like to exercise, but I enjoy the process of exercising. I enjoy learning something new. I enjoy, you know, kind of like playing around with it. It's fun. For me, it's fun. For me, it's kind of like a recreational playtime. Yeah. I'm not doing it because I'm not doing it for the outcome. I'm doing it because for me, I, I find enjoyment in it. How important is it to help people kind of like appreciate that process? And, and when they do, do you see a shift? Do you see how they change? Yeah, absolutely. When when you take the
1: the, the task out of it, and uh, the Three sets of ten, and then move on to this, and and the the mundane, uh, mind sucking part of the the process of working out, and and challenge him to the point that it, it it's not about muscle fatigue, but the the process of quality and in, in the movement and the thought that they have to put behind it, and put them in a in a a, a place of self limiting that they have to get into some level of flow. Whether they're trying to balance on one foot and and uh, pick up a, a piece of paper down in front of their 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 feet, or carrying a kettlebell with the the bottom up and and not letting it fall over, to uh, uh, being able to um, do uh, a Turkish getup uh, with perfect form, and and have just a, a yoga block on top of their fist doesn't matter about the way. it's, it's them being in the moment that they're in, not thinking about what their kids are doing or what they have to do when they get back to work, uh, getting them out of their head. I think that's a huge part of uh, the the art of being a trainer and getting people to kind of drink the Kool-Aid, as, uh, as your wife uh, said. You want them to uh, kind of uh, not just come to you because they have to, because they want to, because there's something exciting that's going to happen in that moment. And it's going to take them out of their, their daily rituals that are whether they want to be there or not.
0: And I think that's so powerful because when people make that switch, and, and I've seen that, and it, when people make that switch from you know, exercise for the outcome and instead make it part and they focus on the process, you really do, do see them change. Well, man, I, I appreciate your time, dude, and I? I appreciate everything you do, and and I certainly appreciate your friendship. So, thanks for thanks for stopping by. But before we go, can you let people know um, how to follow you, like social media and stuff? Because one thing, one thing, Sam, and, and I love you, dude. I love you. But the one thing, and this is one of the things when when you get somebody, this is one of the reasons, one of the things I really respect about Sam. He's so focused on on like helping clients and and being a great trainer. That he's not, he, he only reached only this year, only this year he got on Facebook and Instagram. So he's not one of these guys out there promoting himself. He's not one of these people doing all these like, look at me, look at me. Yeah. You have a hard time with that. Right. But if people do want to follow you on, on social media, because you put a lot of good content. You do put good content on there. How could somebody follow you? And do you have a website?
1: I, I recently, uh, joined, uh, the Facebook and, uh, that other thing they call Instagram. Uh, I, I was, uh, uh obviously a, a late bloomer on those two things, but yes, I have, uh, you can follow me on Samberry fitness. Uh, I've got both Facebook and Instagram and, uh, my website is also the same SamberryFitness.com. dot
0: And you do online personal training in case anybody uh, wants to reach out and kind of learn how to training for the process you do online personal training as well right a lot of it
1: love to all
0: right man well thanks a lot for stopping by and uh dude I, you know re- sam just recently relocated from san diego back to uh, the east coast new england where he's from so you're in for a long cold one buddy but dude i love you great to see you and, and thanks for doing this thanks buddy well i've already gone over time for the quick fit tip usually i like to treat, try to keep these to 15 minutes or less, there's meant to be just that, just a quick little thought or a couple ideas to think about in terms of your own exercise and fitness program. However, I wanted to take advantage of having Sam. Uh, he's in town or was in town in San Diego for just a couple of days. And I wanted to take advantage of uh, the chance to interview him about how he uses the FMS. And more importantly, why that's important for you as, a, uh, as an individual, as a consumer. You know, if you're working out, if you're working with a trainer and your trainer doesn't do some kind of screening, and I really recommend the functional movement screen. If your trainer doesn't do some kind of screening, well, that could be setting you up for injury. And I'm not saying that they're a bad trainer if they don't do it, but understanding and learning and, and more importantly, knowing how to apply the functional movement screen can go a long way to helping you exercise, achieve your goals, and stay injury-free. If you have any questions you want answered on one of the Quick Fit Tips, on future episodes of Quick Fit Tips, I will be answering questions from, from listeners please either email them to me at pete at petemccallfitness.com. And I'd be happy to answer any of your questions you may have about starting an exercise program or the best type of exercise program to meet your needs. Thanks for tuning in and have a healthy day.